ready. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry's been telling me about his wonderful topic this week, so (laughs) I'm excited to get started. He hasn't told me what he's doing. Yeah, I know, but you're going to like it. You've heard the story before. I don't know if you'll remember it, but um, we we, like watched a video about it together one time. It was really good. My story is really good, too. Yeah, you've been saying that. Yes, it sounds it sounds pretty wild. From I've been kind of following, not following it. I I read the article when it when the story broke in like 2015, 2016. Okay. No, I was on the. We'll get to it, but I was on the subway, I think, commuting somewhere, and I found this article, maybe from Twitter, and I was like, "This is the wildest story I've ever heard." <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, I kind of okay. just forgot about it, but then it came back into my mind. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, before we get to that, we should introduce ourselves oh, and shoot. the show. Yes. You're my... listening to Known Unknowns. I'm Carly. I'm Harry. And this is a podcast that you like and listen to because we're on episode 58 and you're still here. Wow. 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 How many? Ep- that's a lot of episodes. It is a lot of freaking episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you if you've listened to all... 58 i doubt it i don't think all (laughs) there's probably a few of you who've listened to all of them i bet somebody has yeah i mean yeah i have a feeling a lot of our listeners kind of pick and choose what they want to listen to maybe maybe not though i don't don't know know. i don't know i I don't know what they do i have no idea about our listeners listening habits me Um, either oh we still have our fan on oh yeah should i turn that off i don't know can they hear that well if they do boohoo yeah no (laughs) it's ambiance it's a free podcast Fellas. Yeah. Free for now. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Until we uh so what's get popular new? enough. Oh, there's more, new... When we get popular enough to... Okay, anyway. Uh, what's new in the... Mo- how do you say that? Monoliths? Ooh. Weren't there new ones popping up other places? Well, yeah. it was taken down. Yeah. But then it was... I think... There was other another one that popped up somewhere. It, yeah, someone put one on top of like a mountain in California. It that one was like along like an actual hiking trail. It looked like. Um, but anyway, if you missed it, so the the Utah monolith that I was talking about. That oh monolith, I thought it was monolisk. <laughs> no, I mean, mo- it's not technically a monolith. A monolith is like a big hunk of stone. Oh, but it was a metal monolith, huh? Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> okay. Yeah, anyway, because it looked like the thing from 2001 A Space Odyssey, which people call a monolith. Okay. Anyway, but yeah, um, so the one the one in Utah, I, I talked about last week a little bit, that it, it showed up, and then it just as mysteriously one day dis- disappeared. Um, it turns out that some, like, uh, some uh, benevolent outdoor lovers just turned up in the middle of the night and, like, uh, picked it up and took it away, and they're like, some some people were around like in the night, like che- checking it out and stuff, and they're like, yes, I saw this pictures you, of that, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they're like, this is why I don't put trash out in the wilderness or something, because I mean, I so I think that if these if it had all ended like right w- with that, if there weren't any more, it just like turned up unexpectedly went away unexpectedly and then we got to like have a conversation about uh leave no trace and stuff because um it was like you know once people found out where it was um it became like a lot of people like started hiking through this untouched like desert um Mm -hmm. wilderness and like parking cars all over things and tromping all over the ecosystem and stuff and so, you know, it was it was causing an impact on the environment that was 
not optimal. I think mm-hmm. it would have been. I think it was good that like, I think that the that was the best like sequence of events that could have happened. Someone put it out there as like an art thing, um, and it was there, and like a f- so people a few people just stumbled upon it, and then it went away. I think that's great. Um, I mean, it is. I I don't I hope it doesn't become a trend of people just putting um big pillars of uh shiny metal out in the middle of nowhere. Um <laughs> it doesn't I hope it doesn't turn into uh planking or uh, like the clown sightings this thing of like 2016. Oh my gosh, I remember when that happened. Um I it would be nice if it was just like a one-time unexplained little thing. I don't know. Yeah. I, I hope no one ever like takes credit for it or it you know we find out that it was like a weird like it it's part of a weird viral marketing campaign for an energy drink or something. <laughs> yeah, that would be sad. I know I kind of I like the mystery of mm-hmm. it. I hope. But yeah. Yeah, a couple others have turned up yeah. in other uh, you know, natural places where they don't belong. Mhm. And I could I I can take or leave it. I I'd rather okay. leave it. All right. <laughs> Could be aliens, though. Yeah, if it's aliens, then, like, the whole point is moot. Like, Yeah, if it's it, aliens, well, then that's cool that. as shit, and I don't care what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Aliens can, aliens don't need to... I mean, I'd like for aliens to abide by leave-no-trace principles, but, like, I can't expect them to. They don't know what that means. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they put it there to help the environment, and then they were like, well... These people tromping all over everything is really, yeah. it's just uh, deleting all of the good things this monolith is going to bring them, so we might as well just get rid of it. Does yeah, the same maybe it thing. Was like, maybe it, it was like taking carbon out of the atmosphere and stuff, um, but it was, you know, a uh, good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's I don't, cool. I don't know alien technology. An update to... Yeah, uh, there's that uh, thread. Um or it will string along a little bit more until they learn more about it. Mm-hmm. I still haven't done much research on it because I, I you assumed it either. would just kind of there wouldn't be much more to it. Um, I don't know. I, I'm really derelicting my duties as a podcaster and a journalist mm-hmm. right now. A journalist? Is that what you <laughs> consider yourself? A journalist? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. I consider myself, I barely consider myself a podcaster. I thought you were going to say a person, and I'm like, I barely consider myself a person, too, yeah. (laughs) I'm nothing. I'm shit. I'm the garbage Oh, my gosh. Stop. You're ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, is there anything else you want to talk about before we hop into it? Uh, Rudy Giuliani has COVID. Yeah, I just saw that. That's cool. Maybe Maybe he'll be the person who dies. Because yeah, all we've be got cool. so far is Herman Cain. Yeah, I think and someone else enough. needs to die. Yeah. Someone else terrible needs to die. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I was I was listening to a podcast the other day and they're like, This is this is the the proof that it's not like uh, a hoax perpetrated by like the New World Order or whatever, or a, a conspiracy, is that they 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 would have given us somebody just to make it not seem like a hoax they would have let some or had some powerful person die and but you know herman cain isn't enough for us to for us to have i don't know okay that's that's my that's my take okay that's somebody else's take that i'm repeating 
Okay. <laughs> but you agree with you agree with the take. Yeah. Okay. I thought it, what what do you think? Do you not do <laughs> I don't know, I don't have an opinion on okay, that. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so that's everything. that's that's I don't I don't have anything else to say before we do what we're here to do. Cool. I don't either. I know both of our topics are kind of long and in-depth, so I feel like we should get into it. Yeah, I think I'm we should. I'm excited to hear the topic, you know? Mm-hmm. I know. Okay. All right. So you get want me to start? Wit. Yeah, I want you to start. Okay. So, uh, on July 4th, 1982, uh, the space shuttle Columbia landed at Edwards Air Force Base in Southern California, um, completing its final test flight and becoming NASA's first fully operational space shuttle. What year was this? 1982. All right. When did we land on the moon? 1969. Oh. But the space okay. shuttle came later. We just oh. used rockets before with like little landing pods attached to them. But the space shuttle would act, could actually like shuttle and like be reused basically and like could Got land. It. Got it. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, over the following decades, the space shuttle program would facilitate continuous space research on an enormous scale and be so successful that the idea of launching human beings into orbit became almost almost pedestrian to the American people. Wait, uh, back up. Yeah. Back up to the beginning before we started talking about this. Okay. Where are we at right now? Conspiracy corner, creature couch, alien, attic. We're in, uh, do we have a term for something that's just kind of generally uh, cool and weird? Oh. Generally weird and cool. Um, the unexplainable. The, the, uh, the unexplainable unicycle. Okay. The, the, <laughs> the, unex, the weird, uh, weird... Uh, or uh, I guess oh, I'm going to talk about like a, a folk hero. Like I mean, he's a real person, but he's like a. All right, know. just keep talking. Just keep talking. I just okay. wanted to know. Anyway, so yeah, that's that's the zone we're in here. All right. Anyway, so do you want me to start over? No. Okay. Keep going. I remember what you were saying. I think they do too. If right. I do, you do. July Fourth, nineteen eighty-two. Space shuttle is officially fully operational, but just two days earlier, and less than eighty miles away. Another great aeronautical achievement occurred, one that exemplifies humans' ingenuity, courage, and spirit of adventure and discovery, just as much as the space shuttle missions. Somehow I'm doubting it. <laughs> I, I fully believe what I'm saying here. Okay. <laughs> On the morning of July 2nd, 1982, somewhere over Los Angeles, a commercial airline pilot radioed this message to air traffic control. Oh, no. Unquote. This is TWA-231. Level at 16,000 feet. We have a man in a chair attached to balloons in our 10 o'clock <gasps> position, range five miles. Yes! I know this story! I love this story! Oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that okay. man... We watched something about this, or did I, and you were just kind of there? No, I I watched something and I showed it to you. Oh, shoot. This. Yeah. Okay. That man in that chair with those balloons <laughs> was Larry Walters, and this is his story. I love this story so much. It just cracks me up. Okay, a sorry. true American he hero. He is a true American hero. Yeah. The true... Oh, God. This right. is so good. All right, yeah. Tell the people this story. All right. Uh, Larry was a pretty unassuming, uh, pretty ordinary guy. Yeah, he um, was. He had a mustache. Uh, he was 33 in 1982. <laughs> he had a mustache. Okay. 
Okay. Larry with a mustache. Yeah, I don't know. All right. So in 1982, he was 33 and had a career as a truck driver for a company that made TV commercials. Cool. Um, like a lot of men his age, he'd served in Vietnam. Uh, uh-huh, he'd uh-huh. wanted to be an Air Force pilot. Um, he'd always had a fascination with flying. But because of his poor eyesight, he ended up as a cook for the Army. Oh. Um, but... Larry already had his plan in place for flying. Yeah, didn't he plan this out a long time? Uh, yeah, when he was 13, he'd gone to an Army-Navy surplus store and seen no. a weather balloon suspended from the ceiling. Yes. Um, uh, ever since then, he'd been planning his voyage. Yes, yes, yes. So... <laughs> Uh, when he started him. dating his girlfriend, Carol, in 1972, he yes, told Carol. her all about his dream, uh, but she'd, she'd talked him out of it. Um, he said, no, Carol. Uh, you know, I was, honest, I was honest with her. When I met her in 1972, I told her, Carol, I have this dream about <laughs> flight and this and that. And she said, no, 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 you don't need to do that. No, 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 you don't need to do that. <laughs> so I put it on the back burner. Then, 10 years later, I got a, re- a revelation. It's now or never. Got to do it. Uh, it was at the Holiday Inn in Victorville. Poor Carol. Which is, <laughs> yeah, it was at the Holiday Inn in Victorville, which is on the way from San Bernardino to Las Vegas. Uh, we were having Cokes and hamburgers. I'm a McDonald's man. Hamburgers, French fries, and Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola from McDonald's. He knows. Yeah. Larry knows. <laughs> the true American hero. He knows. Uh, yeah, he it. knows that Coca-Cola from McDonald's is the best kind of Coca-Cola. It hits different. Anyway, I, I pulled out a quarter and began to draw the balloons on the placemats. Uh, what about Carol? This interview asks him. Um, <laughs> she knew that I was committed. Uh, she oh, said, Carol. She knew then that I was committed. Bless your heart. She said, well, it's best you do it and get it out of your system. Yes, Carol. <laughs> Me. That's a supportive partner. That is a supportive partner. How about, isn't that you with everything that I do? Yeah. I'm Pretty a, much. I'm a supportive partner. Don't you just go, oh, you just got to let it get out of her system. <laughs> she buys 200 bottles of nail polish. You just got to let it. She's, she's just got to get it out of her system. You haven't bought 200 yet, have you? She spends $200 on candles at Bath & Body Works on the sale. <laughs> You've spent that much? I should just let it. She should just let it out of her system. She needs to get it out of her system. She needs to smell okay, all well, the scents. We'll talk about this later. <laughs> I, I wasn't aware that it was this extreme <laughs> actually wait no i there was a sale at bath and body works three wick candles for 9.95 each i put like seven in my bag i went to check out and then i took out like four so i was like all right i'm only gonna get three bath and body works candles but i have to because they are on sale and then i closed the tab as i was putting in my credit card information and i'm like carly you don't need this <laughs> You have, like, 20 candles at home. I'm proud of you. Thank you. So, no, I didn't buy any more candles. Anyway, continue. This is a good story. Um, So, Carol did convince him to take some safety precautions, uh, like taking skydiving course, a a skydiving course, and purchasing a parachute before his flight. Yeah, he did. Oh, good for him. He did. He he took a skydiving course and got a parachute. Yeah, Um, he's smart. He wore a parachute the whole time. Um, There was other equipment as well, of course. Um, Carol put up the money for most of it, around four thousand dollars. Carol paid for it. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. Why not Larry? I guess Carol made more money. I don't know. Yeah, you go, Carol. Yeah, good for. I mean, if that's what she wants to do. Good for her. Good for Carol. Uh, so they bought 45 weather balloons um, and used 42 of them, I think, for the flight. 
Um, what some, happened to the other three? I think they used them for like testing and stuff. Got it. Some sources said like 43. They actually, during the flight, were a little bit unsure of how many they were using. They were oh, like talking on the good. radio with someone like, is it 44 or 42? How many, how many oh balloons? I love it. Yeah. I mean, why would you count? Uh, yeah. I mean. It's just however make you float. <laughs> All right. I mean, they had they did work it out with math. Like each balloon would lift like twelve pounds, basically, and so they knew oh, they needed yeah, I remember a certain really. number yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. to get up to whatever height they wanted. But anyway, mm-hmm. they they, for- they forged a requisition form from Walter's employer to obtain the helium from a party store, oh, um, saying my that it was God. for a commercial shoot. <laughs> I did. Th- I thought there was some law breaking in here and flying. In a chair with balloons attached. It's pretty <laughs> illegal, I think. But then I... Didn't they just let him off the hook because it was pretty cool? Uh, I'll, I'll get Actually, to that. Actually, get to exactly. that. Because I'm uh, like, that, didn't I'll he? get to... Yeah. Wh- whether... I swear to God, if they arrested my boy Larry with a mustache, I'm going to be really upset. He wouldn't do good in jail. <laughs> uh, the chair itself was an aluminum lawn chair purchased from Sears for $109. <laughs> $109 on a lawn chair. He said it was a very sturdy, like a real comfortable, sturdy lawn chair. It was okay. a real solid chair, he said. All right. Um, and apparently it was so that so good that his mom went out like to uh, the next day and bought two more chairs because they were, it was such a good chair. <laughs> two more of the same ones. Oh my God. Um, though after, after a few days after the whole thing, um, Larry stopped saying where he bought it uh, in order to avoid giving them free press. Sears? Publicity, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was he said that he he, he would he he would um, Sears uh, endorse Sears, Sears lawn chairs. Sears still exists. He wouldn't, or no, that he would uh, if they paid if him. If they too. paid, yeah, exactly. Did they pay him? I don't think so. No. Damn it, why would you not have that? Is the perfect opportunity. Get Larry, the man who flew, mm-hmm. in their chair. Yeah. To like do their commercials. That's great. That is excellent marketing. That is excellent marketing. Um, he also had uh, thirty-five gallon jugs of water uh, were attached to the chair as ballast um, to like you know level out the center of gravity and stuff, or give it more weight so he wouldn't be whipped around as much. Uh, he yeah. brought a, a two-way radio, a compass, an altimeter, a flashlight. A first aid kit, a pocket knife, a road map of California, mm-hmm. some beef jerky, and sandwiches, a uh, two liter of Coke, yes. a camera, and a BB gun. Why a BB gun? Uh, that was so when it was time for him to set to descend, he could shoot shoot the, the balloons. balloons to pop a few of them, so they would start coming down. Start gently. coming down. Yeah. Um, they named the craft Inspiration One. <laughs> That's adorable. I know it's a good name. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Larry's girlfriend, Carol, uh, or I think fiance at this point, uh, would be his main con- ground oh, control chief. Um, and his friend Ron also helped out and recorded video of the launch. And How things. old was he? He was 33. Oh, man, I'm picturing him being like 70. No, he was 33. Dang it. I was picturing him being like a grandpa. No. All right. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's not, he's not the up guy carl what's yeah his name i know help? but larry that sounds like an old man okay continue. <laughs> um they they filled the balloons the night before um the la county sheriff's department dropped by around midnight to ask what they were doing why is this big uh, uh why are all these weather balloons coming out of your uh, backyard here <laughs> um and they they gave What'd them they do they, they told they told them they were getting them ready for a commercial shoot <laughs> again <laughs> 
It kept using oh, that excuse. So they lied to the police too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, so the plan was to get the chair off the ground first at 9.45 a.m. on July 2nd, uh, but keep it tethered with a nylon rope to Ron's car at an altitude of about 100 feet for an hour um, or so so that Larry could get his bearings. Um, and then 30 minutes before untethering the chair, they would phone the FAA to give them notice of what they were doing. Um, <laughs> How kind of them. <laughs> I know. Uh, the plan then was to cut Larry loose. Didn't that go wrong, though? I feel like something went wrong. Yeah, there. I'll get to what actually happened yeah. in a second. So yeah. his his plan was to rise to around, I heard different figures. Some said set five to 7,000. He, in a later interview, said eight to 9,000. I'm guessing somewhere around 7,000 to 9,000 feet was his yeah. est- uh, aimed for height. Okay. Which would be high enough for, for the wind to carry him over the city and over Angeles National Forest and the mountains and finally into the Mojave Desert. Uh, Aww. Where he could land safely about 55 miles away. I love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are a lot of sayings about plans. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so first, the flight was delayed by 45 minutes because someone realized that if the wind shifted, uh, Larry would go floating off over the ocean. Um, so they ran to the marine supply store and bought a life jacket. <laughs> um, at 10.30, um, they... Uh, undid the first tether, and Larry and the inspiration lifted off the ground. Um, only they lifted off the ground a little bit too fast, and he so he's he's held by the second tether a hundred feet up for a moment before it snaps. Snaps. And I thought so. Larry was off to the yeah. races. Yeah, I thought that is how that went. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so five hundred feet airspace becomes property of the federal government. Um, he blows really? through that in seconds. <laughs> Wait, really? Mm-hmm. That's the thing? Yeah, you're like, you know, that's where you have to give them, you gotta tell the FAA and like have a license and stuff to be doing what you're doing. Yeah. Be up there. Um, and he blew through that thing and, you know, well, well uh-huh. ahead of schedule. Yeah. Um, in 1982, the tallest building in LA was the Aeon Center at 854 feet tall. Um, he surpassed that height within a minute. Oh, my God. How um, is he not terrified? This sounds terrifying. He continued to ascend at 800 feet per minute. Um, wow. When the cable snapped, uh, he was jolted and his glasses flew off his face. <gasps> no, um, Larry. He already time, had bad vision. He was at 1,500 feet. He had collected himself to, enough to have this conversation with his girlfriend. It's fine. I have my other glasses. <laughs> it was smart. Oh he he knew to bring extra glasses. Yeah. Well, that's good that he yeah. had other glasses. You know, She's he... like, calm down. <laughs> um. Anyway, he so he he blows past his target feet of seven thousand feet and keeps yeah. on climbing. Yeah. And... Uh, pilots are encouraged to use supplemental oxygen above ten anywhere above ten thousand feet. Uh huh. Um. And it's mandatory for small planes above 12,500. 
Um, you'll notice that I didn't mention oxygen um, in his supplies list. Yeah. Um, the max- Wait, how far high did, how high up did he go? Are well, you going to say? Uh, yeah, I will. The oh, maximum okay. altitude of a Cessna 172, uh, the most popular small plane in history, is 13,000 to 15,000 feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry Walters topped out at 16,500. <gasps> are you... <laughs> Wait, are you serious? <sighs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he he could have he could have kept going higher. Um, at the Federal Aviation Administration hearings, they estimated he could have got up to fifty five thousand feet. <gasps> or so um, he would have died. But uh, luckily, around fifteen thousand feet, uh, you know, the air was getting thin and cold. Yeah, um, freezing cold. Uh, the so standard we, air yeah. temperature at sixteen thousand feet is one point nine degrees Fahrenheit. Oh. Uh, Larry's Larry's toes were getting numb. Um, uh, he was getting the worst sunburn of his life. Um, and so uh, Larry determined that he needed to shoot out seven balloons in order to uh, start coming down slowly and get to around his target height. Yeah. Um, he, he took aim with his BB pistol and shot out seven balloons, and it worked. Great. Uh, he slowly and steadily began to descend. Uh, he set the gun in his lap to check the altimeter. Oh, no. Um, then there was a gust of wind that oh, lurched inspiration no. to the side. Uh, he looked down and saw his BB gun spiraling down to the, toward Earth. No. <laughs> he, hoped no. It, he hoped it didn't land on anybody. And it didn't. It was never, no one, no one, he never found it. No one found it. <laughs> but on the bright side, he was descending steadily now. Um, at around 13,000 feet, uh, he talked to an emergency rescue unit on the ground. Uh-huh. Um, they asked uh, repeatedly, what airport did you take off from? Oh, my God. And eventually he says, my point of departure was 1633 West 7th Street, San Pedro. <clears throat> Say again the name of the airport. Could you please repeat? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> eventually, Larry um, says, the difficulty is this is an unauthorized balloon launch. <laughs> I know I am interfering with general airspace. I'm sure my ground crew has alerted the proper authorities, but could you just call them and tell them I'm okay? Aww. I feel like I remember this story so well, but whenever you say the details, but I don't know what's coming next. <laughs> so, so he kept slowly uh, going down. Oh, man. Uh, but when, when he got to about 2,000 feet, uh, his descent accelerated quickly. Uh, Suddenly, and so he used his pocket knife to slash open the water jugs in order to reduce his weight. Oh, 35 gallons of water uh, went sloshing down, and he, I guess it worked. He slowed down a little bit. Mm. Uh, local authorities on the ground shut off electricity in Long Beach uh, so he wouldn't get fried if he touched oh, electrical that's good. wires. Um, damn. Um, what happened? Sorry, I. Cl- he lost his spot. Yeah, I did. Uh, sorry. <laughs> We're waiting, we're waiting. Uh, he, uh, and he, he came down into a residential neighborhood, skimming over the roofs of houses until his balloons tangled themselves in some power lines, <gasps> suspending Larry's oh. chair eight feet below over 45th Street in Long Beach, California. He um, almost made it to the ground. And good thing know, they shut off the power. I know. Yeah. Uh, he said, it's ironic because the guy that owned the house, he was out reading his morning paper on a chase lounge next to his swimming pool. And, you know. Chase lounge? Yeah. He said chase lounge. All right. Some people pronounce it that way. No, they don't. A chase lounge. Okay. 
uh, <laughs> sitting out next to a swimming pool, and you know, just the look on this guy's face. Uh, like he hears the noise as he as I scraped across his roof, and he looks up and he sees this pair of boots and the chair floating right over him, under the power lines. Right, uh, he sat there mesmerized, just looking at me. After after about fifteen seconds, he got out of his chair. He said, "Hey, do you need any help?" Uh. <laughs> and guess what? It turns out he was a pilot, an airline pilot, on his day off. What? way larry is the luckiest man alive i know i mean bad luck and good luck here (laughs) right uh so there was obviously a a big commotion down on the street when he got there um they ended up getting him down with a step ladder um and larry gave the chair away to just some random kid who lived on the street and he uh, never saw the chair again (laughs) um the 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 kid eventually grew up Uh, he was a guy named jerry and he uh he loaned it to the um the local uh, Air and Space Museum in San Bernardino, I think. Wait, really? So yeah. the chair is in a museum now? I think so. Or <gasps> as of 2014, it was on loan there. I'm not quite sure where wow. it's going. Oh, he kept the chair. I that know. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, Larry really <laughs> regretted it, <laughs> giving just giving the chair away because, like, the Smithsonian Museum at, like called him afterward and asked them asked him if they could like put no. it in the museum. Oh, that's. But that in like, sucks. In, yeah, I know. <laughs> in like 2012, I think it was like the they turned it over. Or Did 20. it get moved to the Smithsonian? I'm I really don't know where it is right now. That is so funny. Oh <laughs> my know. gosh, what a <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, sorry, where was I? Uh, so uh, the police took him into custody immediately. Um, yeah. and had him sit in their cruiser for a little while. Uh, but they just checked his ID. And, uh, you know, sent him, was like, okay, there's nothing here. what the cops do? I mean, they'd be like, "Ah, you you went up high in a balloon? Like, (laughs) what what can they do? I feel like at that point, what, the FBI or something has to get involved, right? Yeah, they just sent him on his way and told him to expect a call from the FAA. The FAA? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A a, a regional (laughs) safety inspector for the agency told reporters, quote, uh, we know he broke some part of the Federal Aviation Act, and as soon as we decide which part it is, <laughs> some type of charge will be filed. <laughs> was he ever filed? I guess you'll get to that. Um, yeah. So, so eventually, uh, he was he was given a four thousand dollar fine <sighs> for operating an aircraft without an airworthiness certificate, creating a collision danger to other aircraft, entering controlled serious? airspace without staying in touch with air traffic control, imposing hazards to the life and property of others. Um, the agency eventually agreed to a $1,500 fine for just one charge, not communicating with air traffic control. Good. Yeah. Well, that's good. They dropped um, some of the charges yeah. then, right? Uh, I yeah. was like, give them a break. Mm-hmm. The The flight was potentially unsafe, the agency concluded. Well, yeah. But Walters that's had true. not intended to endanger anyone. No. And I don't think he did. Did he endanger anyone? I mean, no, the power I mean, went out in that town for a bit, so no, like, it would be frustrating. But local air traffic controller guy said that he didn't interfere in any way with local air traffic. I'm assuming he didn't hurt he just anyone's houses. Confused right? a couple of planes who uh, saw him. So funny though. <laughs> he was spotted by two planes: the TWA one and a Delta Airlines flight, who saw a, a weird shape, <laughs> something. Much too small to be a plane, and there weren't any skydivers around. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, yeah. So, so after after his flight, um, Larry Larry quit his job as a truck driver, and for yes. a brief time was in demand as a public speaker. Yes, Larry. Um, he went on the Tonight Show with, with and Late Night with David Letterman, and various radio shows and game shows. 
Um, I'm assuming he made some money on that, right? Uh, probably a little bit. Um, in 1992, he was featured in a print ad for Timex watches. Um, he, he tried to sell the rights to his story, um, but in the end, he never really made very much money off of his flight. No one ever made a movie or anything about him? I think um, a long time later, there were a movie and a documentary like based on it, mm. um, but not nothing really at the time. Okay. Um, but, you know, that wasn't really... The, that wasn't doesn't seem to have been the point for him. No, no, I don't. He, he no. brought a thirty five millimeter camera with him in the chair, but uh, you know he and he never thought to take pictures of the incredible view he was seeing because he was just so amazed by it. Um, oh, that's so that's he so says, sweet. Uh, the higher I went, the more I could see, and it was awesome. Uh, His intentions were so pure. I know, sitting in this little chair, and you know, look, wow, man, unreal. I could see the orange funnels of the Queen Mary. I could see that big seaplane of Howard Hughes's, the, the Spruce Goose, with two commercial tugs alongside. Then higher up, the oil tanks of the naval station, like little dots. Catalina Island in the distance. The sea was blue and opaque. I could look up the coast, like, forever. At one point, I caught sight of a little private plane below me. I could hear the bzzz of its propeller. The only sound. I had this camera, but I t didn't take any pictures. This was something personal. I wanted only the memory of it. That was vivid enough. Larry. <laughs> he says, aww, this is so sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Larry achieved something that very few people ever do. Uh, he had a dream. He had a dream. Something he wanted to accomplish with every fiber of his being. That he wanted to do his entire life. And he fulfilled it. Um, but after you've achieved everything you wanted to in life... What comes next? Uh, maybe for some of us, chasing our dreams is what keeps us going. Uh, after his flight, Larry worked sporadically as a security guard, but could never hold down a steady job. He and Carol drifted apart and eventually split up after 15 years together. No. He blamed himself for them drifting apart. He found God and sought solace in the Bible. He volunteered with the U.S. Forest Service for several years, and hiking in the San Gabriel Mountains seemed to bring him the most joy later in his life. It was there, at his favorite camping spot in Eaton Canyon on October 6, 1993, in his sleeping bag. Larry shot himself in the heart with a pistol. He was 44. Oh my god, what? Yeah. Are uh, you serious? Uh, in the last moments before he landed on his uh, incredible flight, um, he radioed to the uh, uh, air traffic people he was talking to, uh, just tell Carol that I love her and I'm doing fine. Please do. Over. <laughs> this is so... Oh my gosh, that was a good story, but that was devastating. That was sad. Are you crying? Harry's bit. crying. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's a beautiful story. It is a beautiful He's, story. I I don't know. How many of us get to do like the, you know, I don't know. It's really, uh, he, he, he really, he had something that he wanted to do and he set his mind to it and he did it. And it was amazing. Yeah. He's a lucky true. guy. Like <laughs> A legend. A true american hero i know like he's he's the only person who has had that experience of being sixteen thousand feet above california um or los angeles with a you know sitting in a long chair 
drinking a Coke. <laughs> wow. I'm speechless. I can't yeah, true, say anything. True American good, hero. He's a true American hero. Man, I didn't know he died. Yeah. I thought he was still alive. Darn it. <laughs> Is Carol still around? I'm I think assuming. so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. Man, that's sad. Yeah. Apparently at some point the plan had been for them to uh, go up together like two lawn chairs like put together mm-hmm. yeah. but it would have been you know twice as many materials and twice as expensive and stuff and they would have gotten in a lot more trouble this time <laughs> yeah, i mean they gave him a warning basically the first time just well i mean the plan it was it wasn't he, he they weren't planning to do it again that was like something oh, to talk that about was for the, the first time that was they the like, plan for the very first time yeah okay mm-hmm. i don't know Oh, I didn't mention that he there wasn't there wasn't a seatbelt in the lawn chair. Some people were were like <laughs> surprised that I also thought there was like some sort of strap in the lawn chair. Nope. He was just sitting in it. Uh they had it angled, like tilted back, like, you know, by ten degrees or whatever. Um so yeah. that it would have been difficult for him to get out of it if he'd wanted to. Okay. But <laughs> Oh my gosh. That is a, that's a good story. Mm-hmm. Well, want to move on to mine? Yeah, I want to hear what you've got to talk about. <laughs> uh, well, I guess we'll end sounds... on a lighter note, uh, ish. Uh, it's still, I mean, it could be sad at the end, but I, I, th- that was a good one. At first, I was like, man, the whole time I was like, man, we should have ended on this. This is a good one. This is so, this is so nice. It's gonna have such a good ending. Now I'm really glad we did not end on that note. I'm really glad. Well, you know what I'm going to talk about? Sort of, but not really. <laughs> I don't think I know. I don't think I don't understand what you're going to talk about. I've like seen you watching videos on it and stuff <laughs> and like heard you you mentioned it. You like gave me a little bit of an explanation, but I really don't know at all. Yes. So, this is also me. just kind of a weird story, not really I so I heard, so I read this, I read an article about it and thought it was crazy, like years ago on the subway. <laughs> and then like yesterday or the day before, I was listening to a podcast called Scam Goddess and okay. she talks about scams uh-huh. and this was one of them. Okay. And I was like, oh my God, I remember this story. I remember this story. I have to do this. This is a wild mm-hmm. story. Okay. So... I'm going to talk about Christine and Michael Barnett and their child, uh, Natalia. Natalia. Natalia Barnett, I guess. I don't know. That's probably not her last name anymore. Um, Yeah, so that's what I'm... We'll get to it. So I'll explain. So famed parenting author and motivational speaker, um, Christine Barnett, author of The Spark, A Mother's Story of Nurturing, Genius, and Autism. Uh, Christine was praised for raising her genius physics prodigy son, Jake, who was diagnosed with autism at the age of two. Jake's first academic paper was published at 12, and he later enrolled as an undergraduate student at Purdue University. 
Christine and then-husband Michael were featured in a 60 Minutes report in 2012 highlighting Jacob's successes. Mm-hmm. A critic from the Washington Post called the book Compulsive Reading, adding that Barnett not only fights heroically on Jake's behalf, she also beats down every other obstacle that life throws at her and her family. Christine's hmm. author page on Penguin Random House says that she, quote, lives in Canada with her husband, Michael, and their three boys, Jacob, Wesley, and Ethan. She is a public speaker and al- alternative education for children with autism. Okay. So they had, like, this genius kid. He is a genius. He's still around, and he's a genius. Okay. Um, so that's what this woman is known for. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. So... But that's not a. This isn't what that story is about. Surprisingly, it's not about boy genius Jake Barnett. Okay. <laughs> Surprisingly, something more interesting oh, happened to this something family. Something even weirder happened to them adopting a boy genius. Okay. Yes. So there was no hesitation when they got a call from the Florida adoption, a Florida adoption agency, about a little girl from the Ukraine. They were told she was from. She had a form of dwarfism called spondylophysial. I tried to look up this pronunciation, and it was like impossible. I couldn't say it. So, <laughs> a form of dwarfism. Okay. Um, two years after she came to the U.S. from the Ukraine through an adoption program in 2008, according to court documents obtained by several news outlets, including um. They were told Natalia was six years old at the time she came to America, so she would have been eight, I believe, when they they adopted her, because she was adopted by a family, but then somehow something happened. So then they were given the uh, opportunity to adopt Natalia. Okay. Uh, they, I, I don't know. I think all the articles have it messed up. Some of them say she was eight when she was with the Barnetts, but some say she was adopted at six by the Barnetts. But I believe she was six years old when she came to the U.S. Got it. And she was originally adopted by another family mm-hmm. for two years, and then no one really knows what happened with that. There was just a complication. I so see. they gave her up, and then the Barnetts adopted Natalia gotcha. at eight. So they live together in what the Washington Post describes as a cozy suburban home north of Indianapolis. All right. So they live in Indiana. Gotcha. Is that where Indianapolis is? Yeah. Yeah. So in her bio, it says Canada, but we'll get to that later. That okay. she lives in Canada. But yeah, the, when this is happening, they live in Indiana. Gotcha. Um, so things start to go a little strange after they adopt Natalia. She's haunted. No. Okay. The, <laughs> the family claimed that shortly after adopting Natalia, they became suspicious about her real age because of her behavior and maturity. Oh. <laughs> okay. I mean, I gathered this, I think, from some of the Dr. Phil videos you were watching. Yes, Natalia, the girl. Mm-hmm or not, mm-hmm. was on Dr. Phil with her... N- we'll get to it. Uh, she was on Dr. Phil. Okay. Because this story is insanity. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in September of, I think, 2019, Christine told Daily Mail TV that Natalia spoke more like a teenager than a child. 
Mm-hmm. Remember, she's somewhere between six and eight. <laughs> right. Uh, didn't want to play with toys and wanted to spend time with older girls. She also says there were physical signs that she might be older than the family believed. Quote, from Christine, I was giving her a bath and I noticed she had full pubic hair. I was shocked. <laughs> At eight years old. But also, I don't know if I would question that because she has, like, dwarfism. Like, she has, like, a physical disability. Right. There's so some... I'd be like, well, there could be some, yeah, like, there's... differences in her body. Yeah, there's but one... But also, she's an eight-year-old girl. Yeah, there's one weird genetic thing going on. I don't I guess maybe that's the wrong way to put it, but there could be other things as well. Quote, I had just been told she was six years old. Oh, so I guess they adopted her when she was six. So she was supposed to be six, and she had full pubic hair. Okay. I guess you wouldn't bathe an eight-year-old. Well, she had dwarfism, so she probably wasn't able to yeah. Yeah, do it right. herself yet. Um, anyway, I, whether she was six or eight. Um, uh, but it was very apparent she wasn't. Natalia was a woman. She had periods. She had adult teeth. And she never grew a single inch, which would happen with a child with dwarfism. Sure. Periods at six? <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, she would make statements and draw. So this is <laughs> this is when it gets even weirder okay. and possibly a little familiar sounding to the audience here, to most people. Okay. She would make statements and draw pictures saying she wanted to kill the family members, <laughs> roll them up in a blanket, and put them in the backyard. <laughs> Christine told the Daily Mail TV she was standing over people in the middle of the night. You couldn't go to sleep. We had to hide all the sharp objects. (laughs) So doesn't this sound like a movie? That's called The Orphan, where they adopt a grown woman and she's really they think she's a child and then she threatens to kill them because she wants to fuck the dad. The orphan. I've not seen this movie. It's like a two thousand nine movie. Okay, this, Horror is, movie. this isn't the grown-up behavior I was expecting. No. I thought it was more like she was doing her taxes and <laughs> looking. Well, she was also doing Reading that. consumer reports. No, she was doing that too, though. Okay. But also threatening to kill them. Because most adults I don't, I know, don't hover over people's beds and draw pictures of them killing people. Mm-hmm. So Christine adds, I saw her putting chemicals, bleach, Windex, something like that, in my coffee, and I asked her, what are you doing? And she said, I'm trying to poison you. (laughs) Okay, but that sounds like a six-year-old trying to poison her stepmom or her adoptive mother. Yeah, that that sounds more like an eight-year-old, a six- or eight-year-old. Doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought so, too. Uh, Christine says, the media is painting me as a child abuser, but there is no child here. The doctors all confirmed she was suffering a severe psychological illness only diagnosed in adults, she said. She was jumping out of moving cars. She was smearing blood on mirrors. And she was doing things you could never imagine a little child doing. Where did she get the blood? Where did she get the blood? Her periods? She was just yeah. smearing her period. Maybe, yeah. Uh, liquid all over the mirrors. Where was she getting blood? Is what I want to know. <laughs> that same year, Christine and Michael were able to change her age legally to 22. 
by going to an Indiana probate court. So they legally changed her age to 22 years old. Their supposed, like, six or seven-year-old daughter. Ooh, okay. Weird. So, be, so they were able to do it because of a letter from the Barnett's got from their doctor stating that the date on the girl's birth certificate was, quote, clearly inaccurate, end quote, since she had both the teeth and secondary sex characteristics of a grown adult. The same document also claims the girl had been committed to a psychiatric hospital and diagnosed with sociopathic personality disorder in 2012, and around that time, uh, Natalia started to admit that she was over the age of 18 to her therapists Hmm. in the hospital. Okay. Determining her true age was difficult, the letter states, because records provided by Ukrainian officials were grossly incomplete. And her condition of spondylophyseal dysplasia congenita meant that the typical assessments weren't helpful. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So it's... <sighs> hmm. I mean, there are like... So she's a grown adult posing as a six-year-old girl. Yeah, but there are also, like, disorders that cause children to age at an advanced rate. I thought so, too. So I was like, well, why, so that could be... Could she, like, have that and dwarfism? Well, why was she trying to kill them and telling her doctors that she was I mean, over 18 years old? she's a... I mean, then that's a, that's a hard life for a child. So you're not buying it. You're not I mean, buying I'm that not, she's an adult. I'm not... Autumn, I'm, I'm not... I'm not necessarily not buying it. I'm saying... There there could be a number of factors at play here. I, I mean, agree. if she's like, I mean, if she's being told by everyone, if she's six, if she's actually six years old and everyone's telling her that she's older than that, it makes sense that she would tell her therapists at therapy yeah, that that's she's true. If she's that young. But I really I also have no idea how and how those like advanced aging disorders work. And maybe she does not. I don't think that's what that dwarfism that. characteristic, or I don't believe that her um, disability mm-hmm. was any was like advanced aging. It was kind of the opposite of that. Like she wouldn't grow like well, a normal I was, adult. Well, no, I mean, I was saying like both. Oh, like, uh, like she, she could was, have both? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's true. Uh, and also, yeah, I don't know anything about, I highly doubt they know much about her dwarfism either, her form of dwarfism. I doubt Mm-hmm. There's a lot of knowledge behind that. I don't know, but I mean, I, I'm I'm not an expert on any of this. I'm just I'm just saying. I'm just going off from what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. I, I could I could go either way. I could. But she's also trying to kill her parents. Well, yeah, that's a problem. That's a problem. But understandable if you're like a six or eight year old who's been adopted twice and moved to another country and you have at at least two genetic disorders they also didn't believe her and i thought this was strange they brought in a person so once they started to suspect her mm-hmm. so she's like either six to eight years old she mm-hmm. was adopted either when she was four or six she came over to the united states either when she was four or six mm-hmm. okay yeah and they thought it was suspicious that th- she didn't have an accent hmm. and well she didn't and she was like she could have been like six. I don't know why she didn't have any kind of Ukrainian accent, but right. she didn't have an accent and she didn't, she couldn't tell anyone anything about her home country. Hmm. And also they brought someone in from the Ukraine to speak Ukraine to her and she had no idea what they were saying. And I'm like, okay, but she was like four when she came over here. Yeah. Why would she know you? But she didn't know anything about the Ukraine. She's like, she didn't have an accent. She didn't know any of the language. And she was like, I don't even know what the Ukraine looks like. Sketchy. 
Yeah. Right? Isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. That's like, weird to me, but also she's like four. I mean, if you're like an adult and you're trying to pull off this scam, you would do some preparation, right? You'd give yourself a backstory. I'm sure and, she like, did, but also I'm sure she learn- just... Well, I mean, if you're going to say that you're from the Ukraine and stuff, you would have something to say about it, right? I guess. I mean, it's... I, I don't know. Well, at the time, if she was, like, lying... So, if she was 22 when they changed her age to 22, but they didn't really know... I think one doctor said that she was 14 years older or she was 14. She was 14 or she was 14 years older than what they said. Okay. So, either she was a teenager or, like... 21 22 so still not that old right yeah like mm-hmm. to do the research mm-hmm. and i guess it was what like 2010 like what she wouldn't have a smartphone right yeah i don't know i don't know um, i i don't know i feel like you I, could get away with a lot just by saying i'm five right <laughs> i'm very confused by this is yeah, what me i'll too. say is <laughs> i don't know what to think right now yeah <laughs> Meanwhile, not long <laughs> after uh, Jacob's 15th birthday, uh, he, Jacob began taking classes at the prestigious Perimeter Institute of Theoretical Physics in Waterloo, Ontario. Ooh. <laughs> when he was 15. So, wait, so they were raising both of them at the same time? Mm-hmm. So he's, he's older than she was supposed to be, right? Yeah, she was supposed to be like six and he's like 15. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm just, I was just, like, I, I, I wasn't sure on, like, the timeline of, like, when he was living with them, like, how old he was when she was whatever age. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember. But, okay. Um, so his parents told the star that they moved the whole family to Canada in the summer of 2013 so that he could follow his passion, putting their Indiana home on the market. But not Natalia. They're like eight-year-old, seven-year-old daughter. <laughs> the Barnetts rented her an apartment in downtown Lafayette, home of Purdue University. <laughs> she knew no one there. And, oh, so yeah, they uh, set her up an apartment. And uh, Michael Barnett uh, later, wait, no, 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 wait, later told detectives that he and his wife paid the rent on the apartment, but didn't provide the girl with any other financial support. Okay, rude? Yeah. They abandoned their child. Well, because they thought she was 22 years old. Right. But also... I mean, she's She's legally 22. Yeah. She's legally in the court's eyes 22 years old. I mean, I guess I'd, you know... If you thought... If you're... If you thought your six-year-old daughter was actually 22 and she was trying to poison you and stab you with (laughs) knives and roll you up and put you in the backyard dead, (laughs) I might leave her too. Yeah. Yeah. I want to like be, uh, man, I want to say that the parents are the bad guys, but I didn't live with her. I have no idea. I don't know either. Right. I mean, they could be like, they could have a little bit of empathy, right? That's why they're paying for her apartment. I feel like that's part of it. They're paying for her apartment. Yeah. Man. But also, she lived there for about like a year. So how did a seven-year-old live on her own for a year with no financial support? That's what I want to know. That doesn't seem likely that a seven-year-old girl 
if she was actually seven with a form of dwarfism. So she's a seven-year-old girl with like a physical disability Mm -hmm. and obviously some mental, like she's a sociopathic and all that uh, is Mm -hmm. what they said. And she was able to live on her own at seven years old for like a year with no financial support other than rent being paid. Like she didn't have any money to buy food. Like how... Mm -hmm. Tell me how a seven-year-old would do that. That's I mean, the part that I'm like, how did she live in alone at seven years old for a year? Whew. Right? I mean, I have no idea. That's the part I just can't understand. I mean, yeah, weird. That's the one thing about, like, if I'm like, okay, the parents are the bad guys, they're just dumb. Mm-hmm. But then I think that's the only real part of the story that I'm like, huh, maybe there's something to it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what happened next is unclear, though an anonymous law enforcement source told WLFI that the girl's neighbor took her under their wing. Okay. So, well, then that would but make... why wouldn't they call the police if that were true? Yeah. Like, why didn't they contact anyone? Yeah. Court documents obtained by Wish TV show... Uh, show that she was evicted for not paying rent in May of 2014. Okay, so a little less than a year after her adoptive parents left her alone in the apartment. They they paid rent for a while. Yeah, and then then they just stopped paying rent. How rude. Uh, Since she left no forwarding address, court officers were unable to find out where she had gone, Natalia, or follow up with her for the money she owed. Some sources say she took herself back to the adoption agency. She just walked her ass back to the adoption agency. Oh, man. That's where she ended up. Oh. So people were like, I guess she just took herself into the adoption agency. I guess so. A seven-year-old girl just walks herself back to the adoption well, agency. I mean, if that's what you got to do to survive, I mean, people will... I, I don't know. I'm I'm a little weirded out she was able to last that long on her own. Yeah, but if her neighbor was helping her out, I'm just saying that, like, to, to people will do unexpected things to survive. Like, a children are capable. Okay. I mean, I don't know. In, tw- in September of 2014, the Tippecanoe County Sheriff's Office tracked down their adoptive daughter at the behest of a school principal who had raised concerns. I don't think she was showing up to school. Authorities haven't said uh, what came of the meeting and another five years would pass before the Barnetts were even charged with anything. Like, they they weren't even, like, trying to get her, like, psychiatric help or anything other than the time that she was committed. No. That's why I'm like, you guys didn't do a very good job at yeah. helping this girl. Like, the, the, the parents are the definitely the bad guys here. I think so, too. I'm like, if you... Like... And isn't it hilarious that the mom was known for raising children with disabilities? That's what she was, like, known for. The mom who could teach... Any, like... And she taught, like, classes on how to deal with kids. I mean, they clearly had a favorite child here. Did they have any others? Or was yeah, it just their genius? Yeah, they had two other sons. Oh, okay. They had the genius one and also another one? Two others. Oh, two other They had ones. three kids. Wow. And then adopted four mm-hmm. with Natalia. And I'm just like, I actually don't think you're that good with children who have disabilities. Yeah, have I think disability. that, uh, yeah, I, there's a lot of... I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's there's a lot of writing from disability advocates uh, or people with disabilities about how about the ways in which people who claim to be disability advocates uh, use them and exploit them and stuff. Well, we all know, like they <laughs> they like um, 
they like credit Christine Barnett with um Jake's like her prodigy's son mm-hmm. like his success because mm-hmm. they told her he would never be able to read write or even like walk mm-hmm. and then she ended up just like homeschooling him and then he ended up being a genius and I'm like yeah. no I think that was Jake I think that I, was Jake yeah definitely uh, more an accomplishment on his part did you con- teach him like quantum physics I'm concerned at 12? Of, yeah I'm concerned no. about how she was teaching him I'm concerned about her methods me too I'm also like <laughs> Oh, she probably didn't want a kid that couldn't read or write. And she's like, oh, no, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. You're going to be, will... quote unquote, normal. And then he ended up being a freaking child genius. Mm-hmm. They're also from Indiana. They can't be that great. Yeah. Let's be real. Like, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Back <laughs> to the story. So it remains unclear what happened between 2014 and now. Okay. Which I think this article is in 2019. Okay. But last month, the now ex-couple, they filed for oh. divorce soon after they moved to Canada. Mm. Uh, These perfect parents uh, I know. couldn't even keep their marriage together for their children. Mm-hmm. We're charged with two counts of felony neglect of a dependent. According to the Daily Mail, Christine surrendered to authorities and was released after posting a $5,500 bond. Michael also surrendered and was, surrendered and was released after posting $5,000 bail. The Barnetts pleaded not guilty to the charges, and Michael filed a motion to dismiss both counts of felony neglect. Christine has posted on face on a Facebook status about her case, quote, I am sick and devastated from the idea of any of these charges, and maintain they are false charges. No, 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 you still neglected a dependent, because you can have a dependent even if they're, like, 22. Yeah, I mean, this person... They neglected the, their they're, adopted child, even if they're legally 22 years yeah, old. Yeah, and they're clearly not mentally well and a... Yes, defin- this kid that needed, like, care. We'll get to that. Okay. Because, uh, like, the kid needed a lot of stuff that they, when they neglected her, when they left her, mm-hmm. basically they weren't going to provide anymore and they promised they would when they adopted her. Mm-hmm. So things uh, get weirder, but I think we can suspect this from the story. And I think you're already kind of on to this side of the story here. Okay. So according to the Washington Post, Natalia's doctor now determined that she was likely 11 in 2012. Court records show that the Barnetts repeatedly tried to determine the girl's exact age, going to many different doctors until they mm-hmm. got the right and diagnosis. They got, they got a doctor who said she's 22 and decided that was the mm-hmm. correct one. In June 2010, the year that she was adopted, one doctor estimated that she was eight years old. In 2012, another doctor conducted a skeletal survey and determined, based on like bone density, that she was likely 11. Which means she was either like eight or nine when she was adopted, which makes sense. If you come over from the Ukraine, you probably don't know exactly the date of the birth. Like if it's off by like a few months or a year, that's not mm-hmm. that weird. Yeah. But also if the bone density test comes back like 11 and you're supposed to be 10. Yeah, I mean, that could be 10. That, that could just be a clerical error. Yeah. And... Uh, a year older than previously thought would have, if she was 11. And no yeah. news source has been able to authenticate the letter Christine gave to the court and the media from the doctor stating she was 22 years old at the time. Jeez. 
So now I'm thinking that these parents are just pieces of shit. Yeah, they 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 got a kid that they thought they could turn into a genius, and it was too hard, so they tried to get rid of it. When interviewed by detectives, Michael, the husband, said they knew Natalia was a minor when they changed her age to 22. He also said that Christine coached Natalia to tell people that she was 22 and just looked young. Jeez. Mm-hmm. 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 But Michael later recanted that statement at when he appeared on the Dr. Oz show. <laughs> Stating, it's obvious her records were falsified. This is an adult masquerading as a child. She al- he also confirmed Natalia did threaten to kill them. Quote, we took her to the stress center yeah. to have her evaluated that she is having thoughts of harming others. And she is stating out loud that she is attempting to kill Christine. Yeah, because you're trying to get rid of your child. <laughs> Two weeks after the Daily Mail first spoke to Christine, the outlet tracked down Natalia's reported birth mother. Oh, shit. Yeah. From her home in the Ukraine city of Makhlevgava. I don't know. Okay. Uh, told reporters her daughter was born 16 years ago. Doctors told me to leave the baby, Gava said. But the last name is Gava. That's what Mm -hmm. I'm going to say. So 16 years ago, which means she'd be like 16 now, which makes sense if she was like six or like eight when she Mm -hmm. was adopted. Like it makes, yeah. yeah. So her her biological mother said that she was birthed 16 years ago. Mm -hmm. Both them and my mom told me to leave her. They said the baby would never be good, that she would never be able to move, and that she would be chained to a chair or to her bed. Now she lives in America with adoptive parents who want to ditch her. I thought everything was okay with her, and it turned out that it was not all okay. Uh, Gava reportedly uh, hopes to reconnect with her daughter. Quote, forgive me for what happened 16 years ago. Visit soon for me to see you. We are waiting for you. You have two sisters and two brothers. It's really sad. Yeah. She was basically forced to give up her child because the doctor and her mom was like, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Man. That's sad. The Daily Mail also claims to have discovered documents at an orphanage in the Ukraine to prove Natalia was admitted in uh, October of 2003, like as a baby. (laughs) She was reportedly adopted by the Barnetts seven years later. They show, quote, from Gava, the uh, of the biological mom, they showed a photo on a camera and asked me not to interfere with the adoption. Uh, they told me uh, they were good people in America. They would pay for everything, and the child would be normal. I was told that they would do her a sur- that they would do her a surgery, which I wouldn't be able to afford. They said the surgery was some eighty thousand dollars. Of course, I'm not excusing myself. I did wrong too for ditching her, leaving her sixteen years ago. So she was doing what she thought was best for her child, and then yeah. that's so sad. So, um. So she actually went on the Dr. Oz show and she, okay, so hang on, hang on. Okay. So now Natalia, she lives with the man's family in Indiana and they claim she has never posed a threat to the family and has never endangered them or her children. And they believe she is now a teenager and their doctor 
agrees. So she lives with a different family? She, lived, she was adopted by another family. Okay, I, Whenever this, this family found out that she was family. like the man's family. I thought you family. meant like the, the man. No, 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 no. The man's. Their last name is man's. Got it. The man's family. So they, I'm pretty sure that they like took her, they might have been the neighbors that took her under their wing. When they found out she like was neglected by her parents, I believe they found, they like wanted to adopt the child. Got it. So they're like, no, man, she's, she's just a kid uh-huh. who Jeez. has never hurt anyone. Uh-huh. So then uh, Dr. Phil, I mean, that shows trash anyway, but I love it. <laughs> yeah. She told Dr. Phil that she never threatened them, that she never did any of that stuff. And that the, the way she lived at seven years old on her own was they stocked up on, they gave her like a shit ton of like chef boy RD canned food. Uh-huh. And she just like ate canned food until she had no more food. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Wow. How sad is that? So, um, and then, yeah, she's like, I never threatened anyone. Like she wants, I don't know, like even if she was six and had some violent tendency, I don't know if they found that she had some violent tendencies. What six year old doesn't have like anger issues? Those are angry little people. Yeah. And she's clear. She's, I mean, before all this, she clearly had. Uh, rough some trauma yeah. yeah but also that people on the other side are like why did her first family leave her after two years how did she live for a year in that apartment and even dr phil was like how did you survive for a year on your own at seven that doesn't make any sense and like she obviously claims that like her neighbor helped her she ate canned food she wasn't living in luxury yeah like she was seven <laughs> I mean, people with kids will like survive in the wilderness on their own for i just think it's telling that the family she lives with now is like she's just a kid she doesn't hurt us she does like she's never threatened us like she's never tried to hurt any of our children Mm -hmm. like uh, dr phil was like weren't you worried that she would hurt your children after you found out about all this and they just said she was a little girl who needed help and we wanted to help her they seem like a very nice couple like they do seem like they're I, they don't try to put her in the spotlight either. Like she was on Dr. Phil's show, but it was on her own. She's like, I want to speak out about this kind of yeah, deal. Uh-huh. And then her family just tries to like, they don't, they don't r- respond to like people asking them for like interviews and stuff. I found mm-hmm. in all of these, like, I think Natalia wanted to go on Dr. Phil and tell her side. Right. But other than that, they don't like respond to anything. But all these news sources like look at the mom, the man's family's like facebook pages and apparently they all look happy and they're very much a part of she's still in the family there's like photos with them at christmas uh-huh. and stuff so uh, you know yeah hopefully they're decent people i don't I, i'm hoping that she's with a good family now uh-huh. even if she is a 22 year old girl scamming i don't care yeah. that sucks Good that she her. was like left secure the bag sister mm-hmm. and yeah i'm like all right cool i'd also want to be treated like a child my whole life yeah i mean uh yeah so august 2020 oh that's recent mm -hmm, uh there was a ruling in the christine in christine barnett's case and they find that any charges of neglect alleging that natalia was a minor will be dismissed Interesting. Some of the neglect charges against the Barnetts allege that Natalia was a minor, and based on based on her uh, age from the Ukrainian records, which she ha- which she was born in two thousand three, but in the eyes of the law, the Tippecanoe 
Superior 2 Judge Steve Meyer ruled that in Christine Barnett's case, motion to dismiss, Natalia's birthday established by Marion Superior Court settled the issue. So, by law, she's still legally 22, and they weren't surprisingly, and I don't know why, but the new family tried to get her age changed back Mm -hmm. with, like, real medical documents, and for some reason, they denied it. Interesting. Hmm. So that's sketchy to me a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, wait, why weren't they able to, like, easily change her legal age? Mm -hmm. If Christine was able to change their legal age. Christine has a reputation. She's, She's the person with the genius kid and who's going to Purdue at age 13. She's a also, best-selling author and stuff. they live in Indiana, the man's family, and her dad is black. The new dad is black. Oh, so okay, I was well. like, oh, they absolutely don't want to help this family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're... <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they couldn't get the... So all those charges were dropped mm-hmm. because her legal age is 22. And I'm like, but that's... Okay. Mm-hmm. The ruling does not apply to Mark Michael Barnett because he has not filed a motion similar to Christine Barnett's. Uh-huh. Meyer ruled. Oh shoot! Sorry. Got <laughs> a burp. Okay. Meyer ruled that Tippecanoe Superior Court does not have the authority to change or undo a Superior Court ruling from another county. Furthermore, Meyer noted that several steps along the way of bringing charges against the Barnetts. Agents of the state had opportunity to challenge the Marion Supreme Court decision about Natalia's age and failed to appeal it. Hmm. That's all I got. That's where we're at in the story right now. Um, Basically, no charges are going to be brought against these horrible people because (laughs) she was technically 22 when it happened. That's some real real tabloid shit. Isn't it? It's like all like Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, the Daily Mail. Oh, everyone was on this story. You should like read about it. It's whack. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, can you produce these pictures that she was drawing of killing you guys? Can you show me? (laughs) But Mm -hmm. also, I mean, it's when you first read the story, it's like, oh, my God. It's a 22-year-old girl posing. Oh, oh. So right after this happened. Okay. So like the we're not re- so right before they adopted this girl, I believe. Mm-hmm. The movie Orphan had just come <laughs> out, so they believe that they took the story from The Orphan and just like made it their story kind of because mm. all of the details are super like it's literally that is the story of the orphan Mm -hmm. in that movie like they adopt this little girl and then she ends up doing all these adult things and then she talks more like she talks older and then they find that she's having like periods and stuff and then they find out she's an adult woman Mm -hmm. and who's trying to kill the family right and i'm like hmm Mm -hmm. yeah i'm thinking that like (laughs) the the yeah I'm thinking that, like... But at first you think, oh, my God, yeah, it's like a 22-year-old girl posing as a Mm six-year-old. And, like, the parents have all the documents. They're, like, their doctors agree. And then you get more into it. And it's like, oh, wait, they went to, like, 500 doctors. And none of Mm -hmm. them agreed on the age. But most of them said that she was young. Mm -hmm. And one of them said that she was, like, 22. Yeah. I'm thinking that the the mom adopted her thinking we're gonna uh, we're gonna fix this kid like we did my others and it was harder than she thought so she started to resent her and then she like she saw the movie the orphan and she got paranoid Mm -hmm. about all the weird things and was like 
and uh yeah started uh seeing seeing her trying to kill her and stuff and and everything she should draw a picture of a of a cow or something that that's me she's saying i'm gonna get slaughtered also if i have a six-year-old daughter mm-hmm. i have cleaning supplies out you know i'm i'm windexing mm-hmm. and sh- she tries picking it up and pouring it in my drink or like pouring it into mugs i'm not gonna automatically assume my six-year-old daughter's trying to kill me yeah, with windex I, make, I mixed all kinds of shit together i would I be like look at this liquid i'm going to pour it out <laughs> you know like i wouldn't auto- she's six yeah. she can't read it I mean, she's yeah. sick. She's probably like this big. Like she's so. You say, "Are you trying to poison me?" And she said, "Yes." <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I, I could remember, totally I see my kid going. I mean, yes, I am. She could also be trying to poison her because the mom clearly hates her. And... Maybe she was being abused. <laughs> she's probably being abused. But also, I think they could genuinely believe that she's twenty-two years old in their head. Yeah. They see this girl with pubic hair and who's having periods, and they just cannot fathom. That someone could have some sort of thing going on with their body that makes them have yeah, these I things. Yeah, I think that definitely Because she some did level. have, like, pubic hair and have periods early. But it's like she already has, like, a... She already has, like, a form of dwarfism. Do you mm-hmm. know anything about this disability? Does she have any other disabilities? Like, she obviously had some other stuff that she needed to get surgeries for. Like, mm-hmm. she, you know, I wouldn't automatically assume, but I can believe that their dumbasses thought, oh, she's 22 years old. Like, she's old. She has pubic hair. Like, not yeah, understanding I, I that they, disabilities are a thing. Yeah, I think they definitely <laughs> believed it or convinced themselves of it on some level. Yeah. Which is so, like, if you can't handle a child with a, like, don't adopt one because mm-hmm. you think you can fix them and make them a child genius. It just makes me, I really think that they were just dumb and, like, mm-hmm. thought that the story makes me more sad. Like, if you see her on Dr. Phil, just this little, like, she's, like, 16 now, mm-hmm. was just crying that she was abandoned. Yeah. And I'm like, that is so freaking sad. Mm-hmm. Even if she was scamming them. I mean, good for her. If she's, if she's scamming she, this, she's good as hell at this. <laughs> and I love her for it. Yeah. A true queen mm-hmm. of scamming if she's pulling this off. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm more convinced that she is actually just a teenager. The fact that her birth mom is like... Guys, I gave birth to her, like, 16 years ago. Yeah. Unless she's not real, but... Right, I could, I mean, I could also see the Daily Mail, like, just finding a random Ukrainian woman to say Well, there's records, she has records from the Ukrainian adoptive adoptive center, so, Mm -hmm. like, obviously they'd be able to get a hold of this woman who brought her in, but yeah, that's right, it it could be totally, it could be just a random woman. That could be just fake. I mean, it but could be. all or the it could other be real. things it's all, going on I mean, here. I just, I'm like, she's she was like four when she came over here. She doesn't have to have an accent, and she doesn't need to know any of the language. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I'm like, she's she was like four when she came over here. She definitely, yeah, definitely seems like she would have had a lot of trauma, and that can mess with your brain in in yeah. weird ways. Um, yeah. Uh, well, I, I don't know a good, um, uh, I don't know a good charity for, um, children with 
dwarfism and other genetic disabilities mm. right now, but I uh, will put one in the description of the episode. Yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I could, yeah. Because that, that's relevant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, very sad. I There was a little girl that I, um, when I worked at a daycare, mm-hmm. she had a similar, something dysplasia, some dwarfism kind of... Uh, thing mm-hmm. i don't know what to call it um so, i remember and she was like the cutest little thing we all she was the sweetest little thing uh-huh. and i still think about her all the time she was so cute i was there when she learned how to walk because she had she walked later in life because her legs were much smaller than the rest of like her body so it was mm-hmm. hard for her to hold herself up and when she walked it was so cute it was so cute it was so pure i was like oh my she's walking <laughs> and she was adorable okay so i just wanted to sh- i don't that's not really relevant but i think about this little girl all the time and i just wonder how she's doing uh-huh. you know because she was just the cutest little thing in the world <laughs> yeah and she looked very young like uh-huh. even though she was like two she looked like she should be not walking and still mm-hmm. like breastfeeding you know she was really small mm-hmm so I could see how, I don't know, I just, yeah. The fact that the husband even said that they knew they were lying and stuff. I mean, he could have just been trying to get back at his bitch wife. Could be. But it, he told detectives yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And then. And then told Dr. Oz. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that no, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but apparently Jake is still in Canada. He okay. lives in Canada. Cool. And he is still studying, I think, at this place or like doing really good. He's still a child genius. Okay, good for And him. I'm like, good for Jake. Yeah. Should do a story about Jake. Mm-hmm. And the other kid is uh <laughs> doing their thing. What other kid? You said there were two other Yeah, they had sons. other kids. I think they're just kinda live doing their thing. Okay, cool. I don't know. All right. They well they obviously don't talk they weren't in her book. Yeah. You know? They were also duds. I wonder what happens when she writes, when Christine writes her next book. Well, there's a lot of people who think that this girl's actually lying about her age. There's a lot of people who think that. (laughs) I believe it. But I'm going to give a possible seven, eight-year-old at the time, I'm going to give a possible 16-year-old now the benefit of the doubt, just in case she really is 16 years old. (laughs) You know? Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna quit. Like I'm just gonna be like, yeah, okay, cool, yeah. I'm just thinking these Indiana parents really didn't. They thought that they could rule the world because they had a child with autism, mm-hmm. and they were like, we can do anything and take care of any child. And I'm like, a physical disability like this that you know nothing about, or like a genetic, like you know, is much different than your child genius, ge- like fit, like child. <laughs> autism that you coached to be a physics person mm-hmm. i'm just i'm like it's a little different it's a little different both yeah. challenging in their own ways i'm sure and rewarding to take care of the i don't know like good mm-hmm. for them but also it's not the same thing <laughs> yeah and i'm assuming they thought it would be very similar I think yeah. she just wanted to buy it. She yeah, wanted to write a new book, and she was known for taking care of children who had a disability. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I can do this. And then she couldn't, so she lied. 
Yeah, she's like, I, I, I'm not going to make a book out of this, out of my heroism here. Let's ditch it. Yeah, I think they're just mean people. I agree. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Anything else we need to talk about? Nope, that's it. All right, cool. Have a good um, week, everyone, and yeah. enjoy. Thanks for listening, folks. Thanks for listening. I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been... Known Unknowns. It's from the Earth. Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye.